Hello foodies. Hope you all had a great Christmas. Made lots of delicious food. I know I did. I had the great pleasure of having Christmas dinner cooked for me. It was delicious. I also had the second Christmas dinner then unboxing day. So we really did have a great time. Um, no, York, York pudding on either dinner. Uh, I've seen that uh, war raging on Twitter. Made me chuckle over Christmas. Today's episode is one of our review shows where me and Cole visit a restaurant. The res- restaurant we visited was Pinnell's. We visited there just before Christmas. Both had a great time. Couldn't say enough about it, as you'll hear in the episode. To accompany these review shows, I do put up a written review. You can find them reviews on our blog. It's breakingbreadpodcastuk.blog. Uh, you'll find some of our other write-ups. I just put up a post the other day, actually, about... Um, the Asian feast pop-up that we went to at Can Eat Cafe in Sturgley. Absolutely cracking uh, dinner we had there. This episode will be released on New Year's Eve, so I'd just like to take this opportunity to thank everybody who has contributed to us getting started in 2018. Really couldn't have done it without all of your help. To everybody who has listened and reached out to us, we really do appreciate it. Here's to a great 2019 where we hope to continue growing and bring you great some great guests. Thanks for listening. Take care. What we should have done was Saturday was our breaking bread Christmas party. Um, <laughs> I know it's our staff party and there's only two of us. <laughs> that's <laughs> fine. I'm, I'm classing that as our staff party. No, we're on Thursday when we go to the Malaysian cooking. That can be Christmas can party too. That'll be the Christmas dinner. So I was going to ask you first. But you're the boss. Were you paying for it? Have you had anything good to eat lately? Well, like today. <laughs> Apart from Saturday. Apart from Saturday. Yeah. Since yeah. I last spoke to you. Yeah, I went to Beckett's Farm. Breakfast. Not the best breakfast in the Midlands, but not a bad one. Not quite a good one. You had the best one though, don't you? Yeah, I had the best. I went to the stables. Oh man, I love stables breakfast. You order extra sausage? No, you get two anyway, no. Oh, do you? You only used to get one before. Yeah. Ordered extra hash browns. Oh, nice. Plus, Maria didn't eat any of her fried bread, so I had all her fried bread. Oh, wicked. She wants the same. She doesn't eat the bacon. I'm like four pieces of bacon every breakfast. She cuts the fat and the crispy bit off the bacon, which is my favourite bit, so she throws that to me as well. So I got that. <clears throat> but this is the bit that's going to kill you. She didn't eat a black pudding. What? <laughs> that's my favourite bit there. That's shocking. Well, that's, I had the Irish breakfast of Beckett's, so that's black pudding and white pudding on it. Yeah, and you, have to, you don't get sausages with it, so you have to order them extra. I don't understand why you don't get sausages with it. No, there are even Irish sausages as well, which I don't really don't understand why they don't come on there. Not Richmond. I mean, fucking Richmond. Do you get sausages. beans on it? Beans in a cup. See, in Ireland, you don't get beans on your breakfast. I know, I think that's shocking. Yeah, it is weird. You need <laughs> beans. Beans are essential. Beans. I've noticed you get a lot of liver on breakfast in Ireland, which I've got an aversion to. I quite like liver, especially on breakfast. Suppose you've got you've got a top five breakfast. I have top five breakfast items that if it's not on there, then I'm not interested. What's on there? Right, you have to have sausage. Yeah. You have to have bacon. Yeah. Have to have some type of egg, usually fried. Yeah. Sausage. Yeah. You said sausage twice. Have I? Well, yeah. Two sausages then. <laughs> <laughs> Let me say again, bacon, sausage, egg, beans, and then I like black pudding, so black pudding's probably the next one that's got to be there. And if breakfast ain't got them five things on, 
Like, that's the base. You can have a lot more, like hash browns, fried bread, toast. But without them five... Don't even try calling it breakfast. You've got them five on it. Without them, it's brunch. It's not breakfast. <laughs> I bet chips. How do you feel about chips? Oh, just morning, noon, night, daytime. <laughs> Don't If chips are available, they're there, aren't they? I just remembered, I think we spent a good 10, 15 minutes on Saturday talking about our favourite potato. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I said this to Swan. Her favourite potato is mashed potato, which I don't understand. I don't know. It can be anyone's favourite mashed potato. Mine's chips, obviously. But I even have an order of what are the best potato. But I said to her, if you walk up to a table and on that table is a bowl of the best mashed potato in the world or a plate of the best chips in the world, Triple cooked, beef dripping. Yeah, just yeah. someone could guarantee you that's either the best mashed potato or the best chips. I said you're going to take a spoon of the mashed potato and leave the chips. <laughs> I don't fucking think so. Not a chance. I noticed wasn't on your list. Um, the latest sensation: fried pork pie. Fried pork pie. That's what I did for our breakfast, didn't I? That was the bomb. That was. Yeah, fried pork pie, man. First time I'd had it. First time you'd had it. It's a winner. <laughs> it's definitely a winner. It's like most since you fry it, it's better. But that was that was definitely one. Not Scottish. <laughs> no, no, no. It wasn't deep fried. It was just shallow fried. And then last Sunday we went to the Covered Wagon again, a place that you'll probably hear us talk about every episode. <laughs> yeah, it's going to come up a lot. The Covered yeah, Wagon. It's a good place, though. In fairness. Yeah, it's fantastic. We went after the Nocturnal Animals podcast, and then we went again on Sunday. I'm going to try and go at least twice a month for minimum. <laughs> I think it'd be rude not to. Saturday night just gone. We had that unofficial Breaking Bread Christmas party. Yes, we did. At the probably the biggest Michigan style restaurant I've been at the top of my list for a long, long time now. I don't know why I've left it. It's gone loads of other places and not gone there because that was pretty much the first time I'd really picked up on Michelin starred and got an interest in it was watching Glimpernell when he was on Great British Menu. Yeah, that's probably the first time I've seen him as well was on Great British Menu and Australia I think I've got to try his, his food. It looks unreal. Well, we got to try the one dish as well, didn't we? But yeah. we'll get to that later. But... but I think, you know what it is? He was probably one of the first to come back in and really like raise the game. And then since then, there's been that much open in it. We've kind of just slept on it a little bit before our... We'll get round to it. We'll get round to it. Yeah, and gone to new places. Every new places that come, we've tried it. We've tried it. We've been trying new places, not going to where we probably should have. Yeah, we forgot about um, the original one. We all want to go to. So we went to uh, Kong's for a drink first. Yeah, we did Kong's. I was disappointed with Kong's. I'll yeah. be honest. Well, if you can have ping pong, you have more than two tables and arcade machines. You can't just have ten. If you like, it's a big bar. I think that's the biggest problem with it is the size of the rooms. It feels empty, even though there was quite a few people in there Saturday night. I'd say there was about 60-odd people in there, easy. A lot of bars. There was just as many bar staff as it looked like, because it's a long bar. Which is good. You can drink quickly, and the, the selection of alcohol available is great. They had some good Jap- and Japanese whiskey, as I said. If they've got Japanese whiskey, they know what they're doing. Yeah, they got my drink as well, San Pellegrino. Yeah, your favourite. Did you see your seed lip non-alcoholic drink in there? Was that there? I didn't see it. Oh. I didn't ask, to be honest. No, but there's like 10 arcade machines. I'd have expected like wall-to-wall arcade machines. 
Yeah. I don't know if that's just how I imagined it in my head. It's the same as that, to be honest. I thought I just I think I was expecting more. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. I'd like to. Get, I think it's the kind of place we'd like to go on like a daytime, a Saturday daytime or something. Yeah. Spend a few hours in there, just get a ping pong table and some beers. And get, be away. Yeah, yeah. A lot of ping pong. Get some of the food there. They got the burgers there as well. Although there is a ping pong bar opening up in town as well. I know we're already open. What's there's that called? One, there's one open. There's another one opening. Then drop shop. Ah, that's the one. Yeah. yeah, it's been all over social media. Have to go there. It's the darts bar. I'm looking forward to. Where's that going to be? I have no idea. Not a clue. Mm. I th- could be the cube. I think I'm sure I heard it was the cube. Was that not the one with the bowling alley? And... That's just open. I can't remember the name of that place, but that looks good. Lanes. Lanes. Lanes, is it? Is it the cube? Is it the cube one? That's in the cube, yeah. Yeah, Lanes. We'll have to make sure we go there next we'll time We'll definitely well. try that. There's that much to get about. Like we wanted to go to uh, Arch 13 as well. Luckily I've been, so I'm happy with that, but... Time kind of just ran away from us, didn't you? Yeah, you haven't got that much time really, have you? I mean, you've got the fucking Christmas market to get, navigate through. I was going to say, the time was just a little bit busy. I hate it. I hate the Christmas market so much. We we could do a whole podcast on how much I hate the Christmas market. <laughs> it's absurd. Oh, no, I'm getting really angry. Now. <laughs> <laughs> we stick to the positives because we went to Pennell's. It was it was right. It does bring a good few people to Birmingham, I suppose. It does, but it brings them to Birmingham to go to the Christmas market. Yeah, and they go to a couple of bars around it. And that all gets busy, and then you can't do anything else. Yeah. Well, there's just there's like thirty shops selling polished rocks. You know what I mean? <laughs> and some wooden Pinocchio toys, and some nuts coated in some crap. Like, come on. Yeah, my my problem's not with the fact that we've got a German Christmas market or anything like that. I think it's just the fact that for what it's selling, the quite there's no quality to it. It's crap. It's just tat. Yeah. There's loads and loads. It's what 90% really tat. Is the food. <laughs> well, I, don't get me wrong. I like the sausages I have eaten there in the past, but you could go to Lidl and get the same quality sausages and it's a lot cheaper. Yeah. They're no different. There's, it's not that special. Like it. I think we could definitely do, like I've seen all the ones on social media with, I think it was Independent was going to team up with Digbeck Dines and do one. That would be even better. Yeah, like there's that much street stuff that's available, and all the bars, I'm sure they'd like their own. If you just the council didn't charge them for, and they could set up their own stall, I think you could do one with all the independents and all the actual local businesses. Even not even just Birmingham, you could add in other areas from all yeah. over the Midlands. You could just do like a, a regional one. Yeah, well, I can't see it changing anytime soon. No, it's too much money. I think it was. I think I read it was five point five million people it brings into the city. Oh my gosh. <laughs> to see that. To see some Pinocchio toys and polished rocks. Well done. But in fairness, it's part of the reason why like, we were so keen to get this podcast started was because we'd like people to get to know more about the restaurants and bars and stuff that we've got to enjoy the whole year round. Yeah. Like they're always there. All I see is the German market's in the way of me getting to them places. Yeah, yeah. It just takes me longer to get there. And then you get there and it's full. Because someone's turned up at the Christmas market said it's too busy, oh, we'll just go to a bar around the corner. Yeah. Yeah, that did happen a few times. What was the little Spanish place we went to then? Went to a bar called Pinchas. Pinchas, yeah. That was quite nice, actually. It was comfy, wasn't it? It was a nice little bar, yeah. just around the, not far from Pennell's. It was getting busy as we left. 
It was, yeah, and there was reserve signs on the tables. There wasn't many tables, if you noticed. No. There wasn't many at all. I had an issue with the name. It's called Pinchos, and they don't sell any Pinchos, <laughs> which I think is odd. Just Tapas. There is a difference between Pacho, Tapas and Pinchos. Yeah. I mean, Pinchos is just stuff on bread, usually with a stick in, and you just pay for it when you're done. Count the sticks, and off you go. And tapas so, more for more kind of dinner. Yeah, it's like, well, where's the Pinchos? It's called Pinchos. <laughs> I want some Pinchos. And there wasn't much of a selection of vermouth, so... Yeah, just a couple, just two... Two vermouths. White and red, that's it. Yeah. For a Spanish bar, I want more vermouth options. It's probably one of them things, it's big in Madrid at the minute. It's big, it's coming in. I was reading the Waitrose free newspaper today, and it's in there, special on vermouth. There's a couple of bars in London opening up. And I said to you, if I was opening a bar in Birmingham at the moment, it would be a Spanish bar, and it would specialise in vermouth, sherry, and probably (laughs) pinchos. I'd call it tapas and only sell pinchos. <laughs> After that, we made our way to Penelos. We did. I had a drink. That's when we navigated through the world's biggest wine list. Yeah, it was like war and peace, but of wines. <laughs> I'd never, I, I couldn't get over how many wines they sell. They must have a, the biggest cellar in Birmingham to fit all them in. It's an impressive list. I mean, I couldn't afford 90% of the wines on there, but <laughs> maybe even 95%. But we did pick a nice one eventually, after some champagne cocktails. Yeah, we got a bit of advice from the um, smellier in the end. Yeah, he helped. we'd narrowed it down to two, and he helped us pick which one out of the two. Yeah. Savvy B, you can't go wrong, can you? <laughs> Apparently that. Well, we drink more Savvy B in Birmingham than anywhere else in the whole world. You mentioned this on Saturday, and I'm absolutely stunned by that figure. I had no idea why. I tried Googling it, and I couldn't find out why. Yeah, no, it's Siobhan that's told me my partner about this. She did show me the article that it was on. But that's impressive. The people at Birmingham love Sauvignon Blanc. Just, it's just a very interesting fact. <laughs> it's interesting to know the whole world, we're one of the biggest consumers of it. I think we decided on Saturday that maybe it just goes well with curry. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't figure out any other reason <laughs> for it. Maybe it's just curiosity okay. stuck in and gets sold there. <laughs> I was quite impressed because although it wasn't on the menu, I had to explain to the um, the waiter that I didn't didn't actually drink, and I said, uh, "I don't suppose you have um, seedling," and he did look a little bit surprised that somebody had asked for seedling. I could imagine him phoning up Glenn and saying, hey, "Glenn, I told you about that seedling stuff." You said no one will buy it. Someone just walked in and asked for it. <laughs> and I uh, had that with ginger ale, which seems to be my favourite drink at the minute. Yeah, I tried it. It was really nice. It's just not, it's just not too sweet. And it's, it's unusual. It's a taste you don't normally get. But I did have that. Um, we went to the Florence as well. Yeah, we all forgot. I had that uh, cucumber, cucumber and watermelon drink. Yeah, double Dutch, my favourite. Yeah, that was really one of the only nice. tonics I can actually drink is double Dutch because I don't really like the quince sort of flavour of tonic. But yeah. double Dutch, they rather put more sugar in it so you can't taste it. But they do a tonic that's watermelon and cucumber. Yeah, I thought it was really good. It's very. It's, I looked up the sugar. Yeah, kind of, it's very sweet, sweet yeah. but it's. <laughs> That with a nice vodka it's on a, a sunny day. It's a different again, though. It's not lemonade. It's not orange. It's not Coke. It's not the usual non, no alcohol drink, you know. <laughs> it's it's uh, something I'm more surprised is they don't have a better selection of, like, non-alcoholic beers. Yeah, there's not many good ones, are there, to yeah, be fair. You, you, like Brewdog. Brewdog one is the only one I've tried that tastes like beer to me. 
In any state, it's a good drink. I'd, I'd happily drink away at that. It's the only one that would fool me. Yeah. On a, like a blind taste test. Yeah, 100%, yeah. And they say Heineken's quite a while, but I've not tried Heineken. No. I've yeah. had the... Because obviously when Sean was pregnant, we tried all the non-alcoholic beers. And the Heineken one's not bad. It's not great, but... It's no nanny stace. What did you think of the bar area? The seats were nice. A bit big. <laughs> when they were sat... <laughs> Just these huge chairs. A nice bar area, though. Nice vibe in there. Nice... The advice was good. And I said, you've got this... 30-page document to read through to find all the wines. But we did find a wine. And I said we found champagne cocktails, which we started off with. Yeah, what did you have? Just uh, Siobhan went for the standard one. I think she had a bit of strawberry. Oh, was it Maria that had the strawberry, wasn't it? Maria had strawberry. It was uh, Royale. Yeah, I had the um, special, the classic champagne cocktail. So it had bitters and cognac in it. And it was really, really tasty. Yeah. Yeah, really nice. Very nice impressive. Glass. Yeah, I, love, I was tempted to steal the glass. <laughs> Did you take a further glass? No, no. And the amount of stuff on my phone, I'm not wasting it with pictures of glasses. <laughs> but no, they were nice. And then the wine was obviously it was a Chilean Savion Blanc. Went well. It worked well. I went for a couple of bottles of that. I'm not going to compare Pernal's. No, 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 no. I'm not comparing to other yeah. places. It's not fair. But... The service at Pernal's was, I think... It's as expected. Yeah, it's expected, but it doesn't mean you should take it for granted. No. I'm still impressed by it. Well, it was still happy, smiley, cheerful, and good, and attentive. I can't remember the smelliers now. I think he is the restaurant manager as well. Ah, right. Um, yeah, was that the fellow with the goat here? Yeah, yeah love, looks like he loved his job. He's just followed us on Instagram. Oh, fair <laughs> play. <laughs> he, he really does look like he loves his job. Had the, he was really working the dining room, going through the wines with people. I did, did notice him, and it was little things like taking our drinks through from the di- um, from the bar to our table. That was big. I like that. Obviously, our water, well, water was always topped up. Your wine... Seems yeah, I don't think I, be... don't think I touched any water. To be fair. <laughs> top, top. It's just making the wine. It was really good. <laughs> I think I was quite drunk when we left. To be fair. Yeah, the three of us were uh, fairly... Um... I can imagine it was an interesting drive home. I think Sean was asleep. It was quite late, yeah. So we'd... Yeah, we got there. What time was the table? Nine. Nine, yeah. We got there just before. And what time did we leave? One. Half one. It must have been about one o'clock, yeah. So it's like a full... It's a full evening and... I always say to people, when you go to one of these um, top-end restaurants, it's more than just the food, it's an experience. Well, you're there, that's your night. We got there at nine and we left at yeah. one. Well, that's four hours, we were in there. Yeah, and that's what you want. Back to the service, you, you stood up to go to the bathroom, they folded your napkin, pushed your chair in. That's what I mean, it's Michelin-level service, it's what you'd expect. It, yeah. it, there was no, I had no complaint. I think I went four minutes with an empty wine glass. And that was the longest period. After that, it was permanently topped up, which was brilliant. Yeah, like, I noticed that. Yeah. As I said, that is my biggest thing. Like, I had no issues with any of the service. It was all absolutely spot on. Exactly what you pay for. Perfect. Perfect service. And it should be. It's been there. I mean, it's had a Michelin star now for, what, nine years? Something daft like that. When did it pick one up? I think it was 2009, wasn't it? But so if, to have it, 
a Michelin star for that long, you'd, everything should be on the button. And it was. I had no problems. What did you um, make of the gifts from the kitchen? Yeah, perfect start to the uh, meal that was. What was your favourite? Well, say what they were and then tell me which your favourite one was. I couldn't really hear the waitress introducing the food and it just said on the menu gifts, but I obviously remember the um, the raw fish with the olive tapenade. Yeah, that was the mackerel, wasn't it? On a beanie, mackerel. Yeah, that was nice. I, I like that one s- the most. I want it on the record that I think mackerel is the greatest fish in the sea, especially raw. Raw mackerel is stunning. You got a top five fish then? Uh, top five raw fish. Top five raw fish. Top five raw fish. Go for it. Top five raw fish, starting off with mackerel. Then we'll go to salmon, but the belly of salmon. Then tuna belly. Then scallop. And then octopus. Not technically a fish, but raw. That's more rawest anyway. Where's the best place you've had raw octopus? Uh, Japan. Ah. <laughs> well, I was just thinking Point Shop have got it on the menu um, have they? octopus capaccio I think with beef I think oh, I didn't know that oh, I'd be all over that yeah that that was one of the things I looked and then it was actually one of the things that Mark Walsh designed for the menu so I got it from our interview I can't imagine was it with beef as well I'm sure say? it's with beef yeah octopus have to have another look I could see that working mm. I don't see why that wouldn't be a, well, I don't see why that'd be a problem it'd be fine well, it's actually a, a dish designed by Glenn Pinot. He used to have on his menu. It was. Did it? He used to do octopus carpaccio with um, sweet onions and beef. Wow! So it seems to be more common. Which it's one of those things I think when you see more, you, the more you see, the more you recognise it. So, yeah. So uh, since I read it on the point shop, thought, oh, I really want that. Everywhere I look, I seem to be seeing it now. No, you've just mentioned it. So. <laughs> That's strange. I didn't even yeah. know you were going to mention it. <laughs> so I've had octopus, raw octopus on my mind, and now you've just mentioned it. Well, now I'm just bringing it. It's weird how shit like that works, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, strange. But no. So that was good. The mackerel on the tapping yard with some tomato on it. That was really good. Then you had the smoked eel, little wrap like a cone, like nori, and had the avocado on the top. Yeah, they look like little ice cream cones. So yeah, really, that. really good. And yeah. Smoked mackerel's not, um, smoked eel, sorry, is really nice. First time I've had eel. Is it? Yeah. You never had unagi? Never had it. Oh, it doesn't look the most appetising kind of fish. No, I suppose when it's alive it doesn't look good, but what fish have you ever looked at and gone, hmm, can't sea wait bass. to eat that? Sea bass, good looking fish. You've looked at a sea bass alive and gone, can't wait to eat you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, I think monkfish is probably my favourite fish, and that's one of the ugly fishes there is. <laughs> yeah, that is proper fugly. <laughs> But that was nice. I really enjoyed that. And then we had the edible coal. Yeah, it was um, edible coal. See, I I missed what it was because I wasn't paying too much attention to be honest. I was distracted at the time. I'm not sure if it would be like. Um, it was like a potato squidding sort. kind of squidding like rice cracker or something. Yeah, that's what it kind of tasted like. It was nice. It was like a potato type bomb bomb. Yeah, thing. and then a potato bomb. I don't know if it. If I would have preferred maybe just a couple of them potato bonbons instead of just the crackers as well. I had a whole bowl of them. They were great. Yeah, they were good. They were really, really good. I liked the pace as well. The way the food came out, it was sometimes like a dish goes away and then another one turns up literally instantly. And then you're like, oh, God, I'm still chewing the last one. I thought the spacings between the courses were really clever. 
give you just enough time to get over it, have a conversation still, have a bit of your drink, take a breather, and then the next one comes. So the next bit that came was the bread, wasn't it? Yeah, there, there was no rush on them. That was really good, actually. You, some places, they're desperate to get the table back, so there's a bit of knock them out, knock them out, knock them out, get them yeah, out again. Yeah, gone, no, it was but, really yeah. laid back. Surprisingly as well, just just you just made me think about it. It's, um, even though they were flat out topping up the glasses... Um, they didn't really interrupt the conversation. Like, it was like you didn't even notice they were there sometimes. No, it's sort of you look around, your wine glasses, or you fall. Yeah. Like, when did that yeah. happen? We were a full conversation, and I don't remember being interrupted once, to be honest. No, no, they never sort of disturbed us. Although every time the food turned up, we did shut up and stare at it. <laughs> so they didn't really have to disturb us. Yeah, there was a quiet time. And then and just like, food, food's here. And then we had our first, oh yeah, we had the bread. Which was bread, amazing. really nice bread. Yeah, <laughs> top drawer bread. Uh, and it just happened that the um, the next course came just so you had bread left over, so you could dip. Yes, yeah, so you had just <laughs> enough left. Yeah, was, so I that think was. that wasn't by mistake. Well, that course was the cheese and pineapple. Yeah, I've never had cheese and pineapple like that. Compared to what you get on a stick, a uh, shitty party. That this was um, definitely next level, wasn't it? But I, I love cheese and pineapple. I love pineapple and anything. I know, yeah, we've had this discussion. Pineapple, it, it's got to be right, and pizza isn't the right time pizza, or the place. One of my favourite pizzas, jalapeno and pineapple. Just mm. jalapeno and pineapple. No, so wrong. Amazing. No. Curry, curry with pineapple. Oh, Jesus. Incredible. No. Even with a paspari naan on the side. No, 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 no. Not Indian curry anyway. Thai food, maybe. Yeah, good in Thai food too. Can't knock it there. And not in, not in uh, sweet and sour. Sweet and sour, yeah. Can't knock it there. There's a time and a place for pineapple, but pizza is not the place. Yeah, I like pizza. No. And then, um... <laughs> but this cheese and pineapple was um, it was next level cheese and pineapple, wasn't it? It, it wasn't. Was it, it wasn't them sticks that you get at parties. And no. That's what it was based on. This is one of them famous Glimpernell dishes that you've been looking at since when did you say it opened? Two thousand and eight. 2007. 2007. It's one of them dishes. It's famous. It's iconic. It's Glimpernell. Well, he did that on the Great British menu as well, didn't he? I'm sure he did. I'm not sure, but I think... I've heard about it before. He must have because I've seen it. I've seen it on telly. If he didn't do it on that, he's done it on telly. Yeah, I've seen this before. I know I have. So what was it? It was salt-baked pineapple with parmesan mousse. Oh, it had the... um, Sort of the dry ice, sort of frozen pineapple that they sprinkled on at the end, and that was nice. That was nice. I, really, I like yeah. the whole contrast in it because the pineapple was cold, the chunks of pineapple were cold, and then you had the frozen um, pineapple as well. And the, but then the uh, parmesan mousse was warm. Yeah, it was so, so cheesy yeah, it as well. Worked really well, and then with the bread as well. Yeah, the bread just to mop it all. It was a clean bowl that went back anyway. Yeah, it's a good dish. It's completely different to the original dish that he started it with. He started off with, um, he done like a chunk of goat's cheese, a chunk of pineapple marshmallow, and it actually looked looked like um, cheese on a stick at a party. Uh, the original. Maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, but it's just, it's obviously deri- um, derived from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's probably because it. it's the autumn menu that he put the warm parmesan mousse on. Either way, I was happy. It still tasted exactly the same as a cheese stick, but like on steroids. <laughs> yeah, really. It came with 
Was it like little potato straws? There was a tiny little straw sticking yeah, out of it. Sure they were. And then you had silver, silver paper in there yeah, as silver well. Silver paper. And there was a little bit of theoretics um, with it as well, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, especially with the dry ice the and dry steaming ice, yeah. all over the place. Gave a really nice fresh pineapple sort of scent to the table. Yeah, that was you know, that was an impressive dish. Yeah, uh, I've actually got Glenn's book, and it, this dish is in his book. Um, I don't know if I could recommend trying to make it at home. I think there's what's the book called? Cracking yolks and pigtails. It's probably the first cookbook I've bought. That's, it's kind of opened my mind to what a cookbook could be. And there's stories about how he started out. It's it's like half autobiography, half kind of cookbook. But he tells the story about how he came about this um, this uh, particular recipe. And basically, I, I won't pull it word for word, but I went to uh, one of his son's friend's birthday party. So it was like a two-year-old's birthday party. Was offered a drink. Was expecting something nice and strong, but got handed a cup of tea. Found himself really pissed off, and uh, in a sulk, he went and smashed the cheese and pineapple, and then decided, "I like this. I could put this on my uh, menu." And, that, and that's how it came about. <laughs> just because he didn't get his beer, he was in a sulk. <laughs> so he was like, "Fuck my cup of tea. I want beer. Where's the fucking cheese and pineapple?" <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I can't have beer. I'm gonna the cheese and pineapple. But who does that like? Yes, that was a winner for me. I like that. Yeah, that was really, really tasty. Yes. I enjoyed that a lot. It was, it was fun. Really fun. Then we had the next dish. The next dish for me was the best savoury dish. My favourite dish overall was a dessert dish. But as the savoury menus, the mushroom on toast with foie gras and the poached quail egg. My favourite dish. Yeah. yeah. I think we were all quite unanimous on that on the table, weren't we? That most yeah, people yeah. said that was their favourite or second favourite dish. You know what made it? The pickled mushrooms? Pickled mushrooms. I could have just had a bowl of them. Never had pickled mushrooms. No? no. I'm sure I have. Um, not, I don't know if they've been as sweet as this. This was the sweetness of them. Yeah, different. Have, I have had a lot of pickled veg, but that was just... That was unreal. The way it cut through the fry guar as well, because that's really rich. Mushrooms are quite earthy, so you needed something pickled on there. Which we got. The quail's egg was perfect. It's a very photogenic dish anyway. It's got good photos of that one, haven't we? Yeah, both got a good photo of that. You'd be a bit disappointed if the quail's egg was uh, hard, though, wouldn't you? <laughs> From somewhere as... Oh, yeah, if it'd been hard, yeah. it would have been a different dish because you need the little bit of sauce that comes off it as well. And the actual mushrooms themselves were great and the broth, that was Yeah, it really, came with really a broth good. as well. The broth, that was... I think we were... Um, could have done with a spoon. My favourite part of autumn is the broth. It was thick. That was that was a thick one, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, it was really, really good. That dish, as I said, that was probably one of the most impressive dishes we had. I was really, really happy with that. Very tasty. Yeah, I could have ate just seven or eight quarters of that. <laughs> and, a, and the cheese and pineapple. <laughs> yeah, if both of them courses were bigger, if you had the cheese and pineapple as a starter and then a bigger version of the mushroom dish, you've got... That's like a meal done for me. Although the main course was worth talking about as well. It's probably my second dish. Yeah. We'll move on to the next one, which was... It was the pork. It was the pork with the cider turnips, smoked potato and pickled onions. I wasn't keen on this dish. Yeah, that's why I paused, because I thought, I'll let Carl Carl have his chat first about this. I just... I I didn't... I didn't feel it. Like, it it, it was the only dish I didn't really... 
sort of get, if you know what I mean. It was nice, don't get me wrong, it was, the beef was melting the mouth, the, it had all the right tastes, and the, the smoked potato crisps were really good. But I just, I, I didn't really rate it at all, I didn't, wasn't keen on it that much. Don't get me wrong, I like, smashed it, but... There wasn't much left on your plate. No, it wasn't bad in that sense. It was just, I don't think compared to the rest of the menu, that one sort of stuck out. It was it stuck out as in a bad way for me, that one. I wasn't that keen. Although, my wife loved it. She thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I liked it. and But I would definitely agree with what you said on Saturday night, which was that it might have been better if there was like a whole pig's cheek or something. It's something like, like, there quite be like even half a pig's cheek. Yeah. It was like you pulled it apart yourself. It's something you could pull spoon. apart yourself, whereas this was already pulled apart so the texture wasn't 100% but then I thought like it, it was soft and succulent but then you had the crispy smoked potato kind of crisp to go with it which created a great contrast but yeah, but I could definitely understand what you were saying about it came already kind of stewed like it's for me it, I know that's what he was going for it's it's an old dish like it, it's a classic dish it's supposed to be how it was but I didn't really think the pickled onions Done much for the dish. I was kind of looking forward to the pickled pickled onions to see. Well, I thought, God, them pickled mushrooms from the last dish were incredible. Let's see what it does with pickled onions, which I like anyway. But yeah. they didn't really add a lot to it. I don't know. No, I'd, it wasn't a bad dish. It just compared to everything else, I felt that one wasn't. So after the negativity, the only thing I would say is I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed it mainly because. For me, it brought back a massive nostalgia value. It took it's an autumn tasting dish, and it it brought me back to a day where I'd come home from school, and it'd be a, a good, really overcooked stew, what cooked by my mum waiting for me, you know. <laughs> so the meat she didn't really intend. She I, was she no, didn't know she'd slow cooked it. Basically. She didn't realise she slow cooked it. She just cooked all meat that long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But um, it tasted very familiar. Um, yeah, it had a lot of familiar like taste. That, yeah, sometimes dishes like that, they bring you right back and you think, I'm happy. Like, it, it wasn't the best dish on the menu. It had its faults, but the nostalgia, it, it made me enjoy it either way. Yeah. If you know what I'm saying. But I could definitely, I'm not, like, I could see the faults in it. Yeah. That's not, the only dish I had any issue with, to be honest. It, and it wasn't an issue in the fact that I didn't like the taste. It's just an issue that I don't think it compares to the rest of the menu. I think maybe you're a bit disappointed as well in the fact that pork's normally your favourite thing on the menu. Me and you are the same. We go into a restaurant, if it's got pork on the menu and you have to choose. We're choosing pork or we're choosing lamb. Yeah. <laughs> and you were probably expecting pork, as usual, to be the standout. Yeah, pork's usually fantastic. It's the best animal. And I just... It was nice, but... It was a little. I was a little bit let down by it, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think maybe I was expecting too much. Seen pork on it, I was like, "Oh, I love pork." And then it was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, that's what I thought on Saturday when you you were talking about it. You seemed disappointed, and I thought, you thought I thought maybe it's just because he always has such high expectations of pork, <laughs> and I would have felt the same. But obviously, I had the nostalgia value, which just made me happy. So, the next dish was a change to the menu, wasn't it? it wasn't supposed to be on the autumn menu. We were supposed to be having halibut. We were, and then 
Thank but I wasn't you. disappointed with what they brought us instead. I was at when they told us. As much as I love halibut, I think it's one of the best fishes in the sea. They brought us an even better fish out of the sea, monkfish. Yeah, we both kind of cheered. Yeah. yeah. The camera told us this when we were sat in the bar, and he kind of said, I'm very sorry. And went, me and Carl looked at each other and went, yes. <laughs> yeah, you don't got to be sorry, mate. Monkfish masala, red lentils, coconut, coriander, pickled carrots. Oh, man. Yeah, this was one of his dishes from the TV series. Was it? Yeah. I don't remember that one. I remember something about it. One. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It was really good. Oh, the lentils were perfect. And monkfish, which can be a bit hard to cook and a bit funny at times, was just soft. and. M- monkfish, oh, I think, so was chosen good. because of how well it stands up to curry. Yeah. You can't have, like, a timid fish, you know, a watery fish or... It's got to have something that's got a bit of meat and a bit of value to it, I think. Yeah. And that's why monkfish for me is perfect for curry. The lentils, they were, they were really good, really good. Um, obviously, it ties in with Birmingham. It's a very brummy dish. Yeah. Anything curry-based, you can argue, it's due to Birmingham. Pickled carrots added a nice bit of texture as well. We've mentioned a lot of pickle stuff so far, haven't we? I think it seems to be the fashion, especially in autumn. Like, it's one of them things where people like to get out foraging. It's kind of mushroom season. There's lots of pickled stuff going on. Yeah, I need to look. I'm going to start. I haven't really pickled much stuff myself. I'm going to start doing it, though. Especially if you go to Japan. everything They have pickled veg with everything. It just comes on the side of everything, pickled veg. There's a book. I was was contemplating then pausing to to, uh, find out the name of the book, but I'll just put it in the show notes. But there's a... There's a really good book that um, one of the chefs from Nocturnal Animals put it up on his Instagram story. So I'll find out what the name of it was, then I'll uh, put the link up in the show notes as usual. Yeah, you um, can text it me as well. Yeah, and I'll text it. It's, it looks, <laughs> I had a look at it on Amazon when I've ordered it. It's, it looks really good. Obviously, it was on about doing that foraging. Yeah, I'd love to do a foraging yeah. call, especially if you could find somewhere that does truffles. I don't think you can get truffles in the Midlands. I don't think we're high up enough. I think you have to be high up, you said. Yeah. I don't think we've got the right trees either. We'll look into that. And I'll put, I'll definitely put that um, book because it's like described everywhere as like the Bible of pickles and fermentation. So. Well, that'd be good. But it's very, very fashionable at the minute. There's not many um, high class menus. Fine dining menus that don't have anything pickled and fermented on. So. Just seems everything seems to have pickled something. I think people realise how good it is for you as well. Well, you keeps the freshness of the animal, the um, animal of the veg. So it, just, it does, you haven't cooked, so you haven't lost any of the flavour. You've just instilled it. Yeah, and there's lots of good bacteria there as well. A lot of people are uh, kombucha and um sauerkraut or that kind of thing people are eating that kind of thing at the minute it's very popular well my favourite pickled anything is kimchi yeah kimchi is nice kimchi, yeah. I, I can see why they have it with every meal in Korea <laughs> I could eat it with most stuff as well to be honest anyone who prescribes antibiotics should get prescribed kimchi afterwards yeah because people don't really antibiotics wipes out all of your bacteria good and bad so kimchi brings it all back again <laughs> yeah. it's full of really good bacteria yeah, you yeah. ferment some cabbage with chilies and stuff and you're away aren't you I love cabbage anyway. Obviously. Yeah, I'm Irish. A big cabbage I don't know how we got to this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've got a bit off. <laughs> I'm a bit away. We were talking it. about monkfish. Oh, yeah, pickled carrot. I really enjoy pickled carrot. I really don't like carrot. Well, no, I don't not like carrot. I nothing carrot. <laughs> it, it's neither 
detest or like it. If it's there, I'll eat it. Oh, we had this come. If I'm full, I probably won't eat it. <laughs> but, yeah. but pickle carrot. Had it down in um, Tom Carriage's restaurant. That's what we've said about, haven't we? The, the, their carrot starter is ridiculously good. <laughs> yeah, me, me and your wife had the same reason in being that we're both really not really keen on carrot. And then the carrot dish in Tom Carriage's was the best thing I'd ever ate. <laughs> yeah. It was incredible. Yeah, yeah. But we are divergent. Yeah, we, de- we keep... Yeah. It's a different show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should definitely go back down to there again. Yeah, well, I'm happy to go and do a show from there, no problem. Yeah, there was a nice little coriander sauce, which wasn't part of the original dish that was on the telly. Wasn't it? No, it must be like a new addition. So, But I think that worked as well. That yeah, really I'm a big good. fan of coriander. Yeah, yeah. Then we had... Oh, uh, oh yeah, venison loin. Butternut squash. Yeah, this was our main course. I was impressed. Yeah, me too. Definitely. Really, really impressed. Real good main course. It's one of them, like, what was the thing it came with? It had ponzu on it. I quite like ponzu. It's quite a strange flavour, like a citrusy soy sauce. And it came with crispy nori on there as well. Like, So you got two Asian elements on there straight away with venison. Something I wouldn't expect to see normally. In, in the risk of mugging you off again. Do you want to explain to people who don't know what Ponzi and Nori is? Nori is uh, seaweed skin. So it's just seaweeds. When you get sushi, the black stuff that it's wrapped in, that's Nori. And Ponzu is a citrus soy sauce, basically. Good. I'm glad you know. I only did because I Googled it. But... Uh, yeah, you see, I've done my research. You're not mugging me off like you did last <laughs> week. But uh, I was quite impressed with that because I thought, I don't know if that's something you'd normally put with venison. I'd never heard of it before, especially crispy nori and venison. It was great. It was a proper surprise. That's what I liked about this dish. This was the biggest surprise dish for me. It's all stuff you sing together and you're like, is this going to work? It, I mean, it's got to work. He's put it together, so it's bound to, but... It, it, was, just... it was visually good as well, I mean. Yeah, yeah. it looked stunning. The venison, it was a good chunk of venison. It was cooked perfectly. It was a soft. Yeah, soft red. That's exactly how it should be. Look, I think everything that night, there was nothing cooked wrong. There wouldn't be either. Um... The squash was nice as well. Yeah, I'm not usually a big fan of squash either. It's a bit... I love it, I do. It can take a lot of, you can add a lot to squash because it takes a lot of flavour on board, but. The first place I tried it was your wedding. Ah, this squash salad thing that we had. I thought that was amazing. I could have had a whole bowl of that. It was like, they kind of made the squash into like a hummus and they had a few spices in it and stuff. That's what I mean, you can add a lot to squash. Mm. You can add a lot of spice, you can add a lot of flavour to it and it still holds up to it, but no. This venison was. Oh, the gravy? Oh, the gravy. The I forgot about the gravy. We were fighting over that at the yeah, end of the how could you forget about the gravy? You just, everything else was that good. You sort of just lost. And then you remember this other th- bit that was unbelievable. I think I had my finger in the um, thing it came in, trying to lick it all out. Yeah, in the gravy dish you did. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame you. I was jealous. Well, we I was jealous a... you got there before me. Yeah, it was really, yeah. That dish was great. It was what you want from the main dish from any sort of taster menu. The highlight you want it to be big, ballsy dish, and it really was. It stood out, even though the dishes before it were great. It did still stand out for me. It stood out for me on the fact that it was just completely different. 
I've not had anything like that before. Maybe, the, I don't know, the seaweed might come from, normally you might get a bit of crispy chicken skin or something like that, so maybe it, it doesn't taste the same. Yeah, it needed the crunch sort of element to it. Yeah, it definitely did, but it kind of added more than just texture. There was a nice taste, it went well with it. So Then we come to one of the many puddings we had. Lemon. Well, that was all it was called. And it just, That's what it was That called. was the name of it. Lemon. lemon. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said it like that. Lemon. It had a... Uh, what's it? I thought it had that muscovado meringue on it. That was nice. Really like that. The licorice. That was the thing about the lemon dish that, that stood out for me. Yeah. I had no idea because I don't really like the sweets that are licorice. I don't tend to like very much. But this had just a little couple of dabs of licorice on there. And it really... like. For me, that was an eye because I don't normally like licorice. But that dish, it needed the licorice almost. It was perfect because it was nice and refreshing after all the other dishes. So then all of a sudden, the first dessert, it was like a light boost. Yeah, it was almost... But lemon and licorice, I've, I've never heard of that before. No, I It's definitely something I'll be eating more of. Lemon's <laughs> one of my favourite sort of puddings anyway. If something's lemon, I'm usually very out of lemon cheesecake or... Lemon ice, lemon anything will do me, but to put licorice with it was genius. Really, really helped it. And then next up, we had <laughs> Iconic. <laughs> well, I've been waiting 10 years to try this dish. Same. Uh, first time I'd ever seen it. I, I've not been funny, I've seen this dish on telly when he did it in Great British Menu. And it's sort of the first dish I'd seen a proper chef on telly cook and thought, Jesus Christ, I really want that. And I'm not massively into puddings that much either, but yeah, burnt egg, English custard. Wow. <laughs> Number one dish for me, easily. Wow. Really good, with a caramelised baked apple, vanilla ice cream, and the actual egg itself. The, oh, how they, how, I don't know whose job it is to get in that kitchen and hollow out all the eggs and cut them perfectly and then put it all in, and, but I don't think... It must be a special job because I couldn't do that. No, that was great. And we were talking to the fellow that was, came and got them and he said he could eat a whole ostrich egg version of it. Yeah, the uh, way the way yeah. our waiter did say that. He said, I'd eat a whole ostrich egg of that. And it was a surprise. It, they called it a surprise because it was the egg custard, but it had like, um, what's on the bottom of it? Because it was crispy on the top, so you get through to that. Then it was the egg custard, which was absolutely stunning. They had like um, gel at the bottom, didn't it? Yeah, I don't know what the gel was, but it was delicious. It was like a vanilla gel or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Something like that. It was stunning. It was nice. It was like the best creme brulee you'll ever have, but in an eggshell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was fun. It was like two desserts in one, because you had the creme brulee egg, and then, as Carl just said, you had the apple strudel on the side kind of thing. Yeah. It, was, it says baked apple, but for me, it was like... A cross between um, a Belgian stroop waffle and an apple strudel. Yeah. It was really nice. Vanilla, apple, autumn. <laughs> well, I poured my egg on the plate. Yeah. Exciting. I thought, I'm going to mix it with everything else and see how that goes. But I don't think my partner did. I think she ate the egg and then ate the other pudding. Yeah, so that's why I did it. I mixed it all up. It comes. It yeah. Oh, yeah. You put the, as soon as that caramelised apple... Touches it, it's like, oh, next level. It's funny now you say that, like, going back to his book that I've got sitting here next to me, he tells a story of how he served this once in his restaurant um, to a table of two, and he was kind of doing the rounds, 
around the restaurant chatting to a few people and he just happened to notice these ones out the corner of his eye and um, pick up the egg uh, pull it on the plate smash it <laughs> and then start eating the whole thing oh my god yeah eggshell shell and everything oh no. so he said I made like a tree got back in the uh, kitchen as fast as I could <laughs> and he said I was thinking about what should I do what should I do and then I waited for the waiter to come back with the empty plates and he said, uh, what was the crack there? What did they think? And she said, yeah, they loved it. They're raving about it. Eat eggshell, man. <laughs> Crazy. Some people are nuts. It's like the people that don't peel prawns. They just eat them. Have you seen this? Psychopaths. People just eat the shells. Like, what are you doing, man? Don't eat the shell. Some people are just weird. But either way, your wife enjoyed Smashing all the eggs after anyway. Yeah, she's got a weird thing about smashing eggshells. <laughs> but that dish, that was the number one for me. Which Beautiful. is ironic because the Sunday morning with her bad head, I was literally walking on eggshells. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, the last dish then, the final kind of curtain close-up, was the mint chocolate chip. I, I love this. I thought this was a, a great way to end it. Well, you had the whole dry ice spectacle as well, don't you? They put a yeah. bowl in the middle with dry ice in, pour in all the water and it all steams up over the table. It's got loads of dried mint around us. So you just get this beautiful smell of mint and sort of smoke on the table. And I'm really sure they said beautiful. like 70% of the taste comes from your smell or something. Does it? Yeah, so that's like just, just extra clever, isn't it? It was probably three times as minty as it really tasted because of the smell of the... Um, the dry ice. Yeah. Well, the mint chocolate chip, what was it? It was a mint ice cream, chocolate mousse. Is it like a crumbled brownie or something on it? What's the crumble on it? Just a crumbled brownie as far as I know. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Really, really nice. Perfect end to the meal. It was like the best after dinner mint you'll ever have. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Well, it wasn't the last thing we had. They did the typical sweets when you get the bill. Nice chocolate and nice jelly as well. It was nice. Yeah. Really good. Obviously, we had a couple of coffees. Espresso Espresso martini. martini. (laughs) you got to have an espresso martini. I've got to to try an espresso martini at these places. And then they gave us some orange chocolate and then a jelly. What was the jelly? I can't remember. Red. That's literally my memory of it was red jelly. (laughs) He's got it wrote down as well. Red jelly. Yeah, that's all I've wrote down. Red jelly. (laughs) I was trying to remember it was all day. I haven't been able to figure it out. I couldn't remember. Tasted good. It was nice. It was very late by that point. <laughs> yeah, we're talking half twelve, one o'clock at night. We were the last. Champagne, beers, cocktails, wine. At that point, I don't really remember too much. The chocolates were nice. I remember they were really good. I remember what it tasted like. It tasted really good. I just yeah. couldn't put my finger on what it actually was. So what was your top three dishes? If I had to put an order in, you know me, I don't like putting stuff in order. Uh, it'd be the burnt egg. Not burnt egg. The uh, egg custard. Then it'd be the mushroom on toast. And then probably the cheese and pineapple, to be honest. Good choice. I think I'd do the mushrooms on toast first, quite easily. And then the venison. And then the egg custard surprise. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be mine. How'd you rate the service? 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. There's nothing they could have done better. They couldn't have done anything better. I couldn't... I, I don't. I don't think there is better than that. Like I think that's as top, yeah, top as it gets. It's like. as good as you. I've had anywhere in the world. 
and as Noah was saying on the last episode about some places with fine diving and fine dining. <laughs> if you go fine diving, <laughs> if you go fine diving, it's very similar to fine dining. But the waiters had a bit of personality about them. They yeah, yeah they, they had a good laugh. They weren't just robots who made sure everything was efficient and served well. Yeah, all the waiters and waitresses, they were all up for a good laugh. I'm yeah, sure we, we were good... joking about them at the end as well. Yeah, saying we how they couldn't wait to go home. Yeah, we had a good chat with them. Yeah, yeah. we did, yeah. Because we were last to leave and they were waiting to go home, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we were the last ones there. Um, yeah, I thought it was a great experience. I'd happily go back. Yeah, I loved it. absolutely loved it. It's... it's Worth every penny that we paid for it. It was as good as I'd hoped it would be. I've been looking forward to it, obviously, to a long time. Yeah. I think maybe if I had to fault it, maybe the restaurant, you know, it's, what, 10, 11 years old. No, I don't know if it's been done up since it opened. Yeah. But... It kind of, it, in places, it's starting to look a little bit tired, but that's that's just picking faults. Like... Uh, yeah, I, know, I, know, I, know. I, I get what you mean. Love to walk to the bathroom. <laughs> To walk to the bathroom, oddly enough, was good with the birds tweeting <laughs> away. Like the green you can see in the kitchen. Actually, there was one disappointment the fact that Glenn wasn't there. Because <laughs> I wanted a picture and a handshake with him. And you were the fanboy. To be fair, they did say he's there at least 80% of the time. I would imagine he is, yeah. But I did really want to meet him. Oh, well, maybe, we'll, maybe he'll be on the podcast one day. Hopefully. Hopefully, I'll get invited to the interview. Uh, so this next thing is we've got coming up we've got Thursday really excited about that yeah Can Eat Caff in uh, Sturchley wanted to go there for a while yep it just happens to be uh, it's like an Asian night isn't it yeah it's a Malaysian food I think isn't it we're going to Malaysian yeah I can't wait yeah I'm really excited about that yeah until next time take it easy see you later